Welcome to the Messy Life, Mighty Love podcast. I am Abby, your host, storyteller, fellow Messy Life journeyer, and friend. I come to you from where I am, this messy home I have made in this world, and all of the homes I have lived in and loved, everywhere in between. You are listening to episode 45, The Messy Art of Listening, part one. In this episode, I will introduce and begin a two-part series on listening. It's one of the messiest things about our relationship, as there's selfish motives, intense emotions, and just plain laziness, which all keep us from listening well to the people that we know and love. Come along now and listen in. I don't know if I'm a very good authority on listening. I am messy and so is my listening. Just yesterday, I did a poor job with my husband and I was thinking about how I was gonna record this podcast and how ironic it was. But thankfully, there is grace. And for me, I do have a heart for others and a desire to love them well. And sometimes I have done that by listening well. It's a humbling process for sure to really look at how we listen and all of the ways we mess it up. But as with all the messiness, we are in this together and we can find grace and the chance to do better. So let's get started. On a website called appropriately skillsyouneed.com, I found Good Truths, 10 Top Truths About Listening Well. In the next two weeks, I would like to unpack each one, the first five today and the last five tomorrow, I mean next week, and learn better how to listen together. Even if we've looked at these things before, I find the stopping and slowing and remembering helpful things as we seek to live well, listen well, even though, yes, it is messy. Number one, stop talking. Don't talk. Listen. Well, now surely we all do this, don't we? Oh my, I can't tell you the number of times I have started prattling along when my friend or loved one had asked to share something with me. And two, there's a number of times this has happened to me. After a while, we just give up on getting a word in edgewise and clam right up. How tragic, how defeating of intimacy in relationships. And two, sadly, I find this kind of just plain rudeness and lack of sensitivity happens with those I am closest to, like I was talking about with my husband. It's like the comfort of a, of a relationship makes me feel like I can interrupt and say whatever I want. But the truth is, these are the relationships where I need to most listen well. Listening is foundational to intimacy and understanding in relationships. But because of the comfort, we are often not corrected and the person continues to love us. But maybe there's a barrier that's put up and the intimacy and overall health of the relationship suffers. Number two, prepare yourself to listen, relax. Maybe this one should be first. As a believer, I picture this as a deep breath and a short prayer to be truly present with another. 
I only see it as the clearing out of my mind of what has been happening previously. We still our thoughts and purpose to focus on the one we are with, giving them our listening ears, mind, and heart. Aren't there some people who just do this so well? I think of the counselors and therapists I have been privileged to know and work with. I am sure some are naturally good listeners, but I know all of them remind themselves of what is most important in their client relationship and prepare themselves each time to listen well. Because if they lose the trust of the person they are seeking to help, the relationship and therapy may not continue to the detriment of both counselor and client. It's a good way for all of us to think when it comes to listening. Number three, put the speaker at ease. Help the speaker feel free to speak. This most likely can be conveyed with eye contact and simply saying, go ahead, I am listening. Also, there is a calm about a good listener. I know I have been with people seemingly at the edge of their seat and well, I just clam up. I don't want someone ready to pounce on my words but rather someone who will be thoughtful about them. We kind of talked about this in a mental way. The fourth one, which is remove distractions, focus on what is being said. And we kind of talked about it, as I said, when we say we prepare to listen. But also this could be putting away a cell phone. If there may be a call from a child's school, for example, apologize and explain, but keep your ringer off if possible. Again, how messy it is when we're all distracted and all over the place with our thoughts and even breaking eye contact to check our phones. It's the so sad reality of our world. And I think often of how can I raise undistracted children who will become mature and good listeners. And then my messy mind remembers the best way to do this is to live it myself, modeling being present with them. And number five, I love this one, is empathize. I love how Henry Nouwen so eloquently describes empathy. When we honestly ask ourselves which persons in our lives mean the most to us, we often find that it is those who listen instead of giving advice, solutions, or cures. Isn't it so easy to do that? These people have chosen rather to share our pain and touch our wounds with a warm and tender hand. The friend who can be silent with us in a moment of despair or confusion, who can stay with us in an hour of grief and bereavement, who can tolerate not knowing, not curing, not healing, and face with us the reality of our powerlessness. That is a friend who cares. And isn't that really what listening does? That quote, which just ended a little bit ago, (laughs) was from Henry Nouwen again, um, and his work, Out of Solitude, Three Meditations on the Christian Life. And isn't this also very true? We want the empathetic ones who come alongside and share our pain, touching our wounds. And so do we want to be this for others, but it takes the sacrifice of our agendas, our Western linear thinking that there is a cure we can aptly speak. This humbles me so greatly, especially as a parent. Can I really love my kids and their mess and not try just to fix it? My husband and I feel we are entering a more emotional, difficult stage in our parenting and it is challenging me to the core 
Can I listen well to my kids and love them without there being a quick fix? Oh, how I pray so. In all of our messy difficulties in listening well, we must never forget the light beside us and within us who took on flesh and shined in the darkness for all time. He is our perfect listening guide and he will never, ever, ever be overcome. I trust this practical yet meant to be encouraged. Few minutes has blessed you in your understanding or re-understanding of good listening. May you remember what we have shared and consider this time well spent. For more from me, my journey with mental illness, and many other things about which I have written, visit my website, abigailalleman.com. That's Abigail, A-B-I-G-A-I-L, Alleman, A-L-L-E-M-A-N.com. There are a couple of free eBooks that you may find helpful in your journey. You can also find me on Instagram at abigail.alleman. I would like to leave you with this quote, which also talks about empathy coming through the deep mess of this broken world, which touches us all. It's from Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. And even though it doesn't mention listening, it's all about the kind of people we want to be. Here goes the quote. The most beautiful people we have known are those who have known defeat, known suffering, known struggle, known loss, and have found their way out of the depths. These persons have an appreciation, a sensitivity, and an understanding of life that fills them with compassion, gentleness, and a deep loving concern. Beautiful people do not just happen. And I just think about that compassion, gentleness, and a deep loving concern, how necessary that is to listen well. So may your life hold great beauty as you bear witness to God's redemption in your life and seek to love and therefore listen well. I would love to meet you right here next time for the second part of this series. Be well, friend.